Hello and welcome to Media Made, the show in which we, year by year, explore the movies, music, and TV that most invaded our lives. I'm your host, Rod, and I'm joined by... The fantastical, amazing, beautiful, glorious, luxurious, bath bomby Jess. That was something. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's feeling fantab- fantabulous today. I've had my milk tea. Alright. Uh, so, if you are new to the show, what we do is we choose a year. This year is 1987. Yes. Uh, and we... Basically, every episode looks at a different type of media. So, movies, music, TV... Uh, this episode's TV. So, TV of 1987. We have looked at a list of every TV show that debuted in 1987. American shows, Japanese shows, Canadian shows, and we've decided which one each of us had watched the most in our lives. It's kind of a fun exercise to decide, uh, you know, to kind of understand who we are and what built us as human beings. Yeah, it's a great couples exercise that we're inviting you into. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh... This episode in particular, you get to see the the vast divide between the two of us. Even though we're married, we both grew up on very different types of media. Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, and so, it, it, 1987 has been like kind of the year for that because uh, we our, our 1987 music episode, the previous episode, dealt with uh, music, and my music was Guns N' Roses, and her music was Michael Jackson. Two what? very, two very very different things. And not that we can't enjoy the different things that we like, because I enjoy, you know, I enjoyed your music. Yeah, and I, I enjoy your music. Yeah. Um, and uh, not every year that do I can I say that I enjoy your television, but this this year I did. Oh, yeah, fun. But uh, you know, we're, we're <laughs> the eighties is a rough year for you in television. It this is. is this is the most enjoyable of the television yeah. that you've made me watch. This is probably going to be the best eighties television. <laughs> 80s television in general is rough. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to jump in here with my television show from 1987, the one I watched the most of. And uh, neither of us were born, by the way. No. We we like to say we grew up in the shadow of the 80s, so that's why we started in the 80s. Right, right, right. Um, and this show was still airing when I was a kid. And Jess's show was still airing when she was a kid. Yes, that's yeah. true. When anyway. I was alive in the world. Yeah. My show, debuting September 18th, 1987 on... The Disney Channel, based on the uber-popular Duck Comics by Carl Barks, the backbone of the Disney afternoon, we have DuckTales. Ooh. This, this, this theme song is iconic. Yeah, you, you, can't, you can't listen to this theme song and not want to like sing along. Am I right? Are you challenging me? DuckTales! Ah! She didn't do it. She she bit her tongue. Ducktails. A chew. Ah. I've been trying to get her to go Ducktails. Woo. Woo. The danger lurks behind you. There's a stranger out to find you. Uh, stranger danger yeah. behind me. So anyway, I hope that I hope that so, I hope that's brought someone joy just to hear that theme song. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll, I'll let it play out to the end. Screw it. <laughs> See if you can catch yeah, it's got, you got 10 seconds left. It, even the, the ending is great. Alright, so. Uh, DuckTales, man. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot to say about DuckTales. So, um, I'm a Disney kid. Yes, you are. I, we've, we've brought it up a few times in the 80s. Um, the 80s were not, were not kind to Sir Disney. <laughs> <laughs> or his, you know, his family. His empire. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, we, we, we kind of hinted at it in, in like our 86 TV or 86 movie episode with American Tale. Like uh, Don Bluth is kicking the butt of Disney. Go Bluth! Yeah. Um, and like, I, I don't even like, there's a lot of like stuff from the 80s that Disney put out that I just didn't watch, right? I didn't mm. watch the, 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 the Black Cauldron. Mm. I didn't watch The Great Mouse Detective. I didn't watch Tron. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Tron. Tron. But I did watch DuckTales. Okay, yeah. And I, I like to think that 87 is the year where Disney finally started to get its stuff together. <laughs> there, there's a great documentary on Disney Plus right now called uh, Waking Sleeping Beauty. And that's because that was like their initiative. Like the late ages are like, we are in, in, in deep danger. <laughs> the, the, the danger lurks behind us. <laughs> We're going to lose all our money and uh, all of our clout. We need to wake up Sleeping Beauty. We need to bring back the Disney magic that we had. You I love know. that you just said Disney has clout. <laughs> they did. I mean, yeah. They still, they, they have more clout than a, ever now. I just like an 80s guy. Clout. Anyway. <laughs> I just, it was a funny image to me. So like... Michael Eisner joined Disney. Jeffrey Katzenberg had a lot of swing, and they were like, "We're gonna do. We're gonna bring Disney back." Mm. So, like, Ducktales and bringing Disney animation, like high quality Disney animation, to television was like, you know, uh, uh, first step in yeah, step to number world one. domination. Right, right, right. Which I mean, I they think yeah. they have gotten to world domination at this point. Yeah, they own everything. They own <laughs> everything, and so. That's what DuckTales was, and and I I have about fifty years worth of history on DuckTales. I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna try to be brisk. Oh yes, please. <laughs> but I want to kind of talk about our personal histories with okay. DuckTales first, I guess. Um, so DuckTales to me, I watched a lot of it like after school, afternoon time. Um, I felt like so when people talk about the Disney afternoon, people who are a little older than me, um, and you, like mm. Disney afternoon to them was. DuckTales, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Darkwing Duck, and Tailspin, right? Right, right. I was a little too old to watch some of those. I I never watched Darkwing Duck. I never watched Tailspin. I did watch Rescue Rangers a bit. Um, But to me, like, Disney Afternoon to me was the Aladdin cartoon, uh, the the Timon and Pumbaa cartoon, Mm. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm a little little younger. But DuckTales was the mainstay. DuckTales was always on after school, and I watch it, and, you know, the adventures of, like, Scrooge McDuck and his nephews uh, fighting people like the Beagle Boys and Magic of Dispel. Like, I remember all those fun adventures. Right. Um, And I remember one VHS tape that one of my parents must have taped off TV that was just one episode of DuckTales. And I, I must have been very young and watched that a bunch of times because there's just, like... You have those, like, kernels of memories just in your head. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't even tell you what the episode is about, but I just have this little kernel of a memory of a DuckTales episode where Donald Duck returns to the show. Because <laughs> Donald Duck was, like, in the first episode of DuckTales, and then he just disappeared because he went to the Navy. Right? <laughs> That's the story. DuckTales leaves his nephews with Scrooge McDuck, a millionaire, so that he could join the Navy. And then he was off the show. Because I guess there's, like, a Disney mandate that said... Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse, they don't, they're too good for TV. Get them off, like, they, they're movie stars. You can't sit with us. Yeah. They're movie stars. They're in the movies. They can't be on your dumb duck show. <laughs> the, the TV shows, they get the, the, the second string, third string characters. Right. Right. But 
Donald Duck does return for one episode, and that just happened to be the episode that was on a, like, just a crappy tape that I watched a bunch. And it, that, that's it, you know? <laughs> I just remember that one episode of DuckTales. What, this is the one. Did you watch DuckTales as a kid? Um, I don't think so. I, it's hard because in my head, DuckTales, Tailspin, and Darkwing Duck are all the same show. They are all the same show and you can't tell me anything different. Like, well, Launchpad McQuacks in both. And or, I'm pretty sure Darkwing Duck is in all three. So, yeah. I don't know. So, I, I, uh, I don't know. I just, Disney had a thing for ducks. And like, occasionally, like, I know Mighty Ducks is different, the cartoon show, because... Yeah. But that was also that masks. was Disney Afternoon too. Yeah, so like all the duck shows are the same show in my brain. Okay. Um, like when you said Rescue Rangers, it took me a minute to like, oh, Chip and Dale. Yeah, that yeah. was a whole different the thing because it made me think of like the rescuers, small rodent and duck things. They're all in one world <laughs> in my mind. I don't know what I watched. I watched Mersupalami. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even watch that, and I like I've seen clips of it. It disgusts me. How dare you? You you like gargoyles though. I love gargoyles. Yeah, but yeah. I watched that as a like a preteen. Ugh, gargoyles are so good. We'll get to that. <laughs> Spoilers. So yeah, I mean that that's really like I, I mean I didn't like carry Ducktales with me into adulthood, but it's, you know it's a fun little thing. Yeah. To think about. All right. Anyway, so uh, Ducktales. Woo! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> It has a long, long, long. history. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna jump in. All right, let's do it. Both 1935. Feet. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Pre World War II, American cartoonist Carl Barks joins Disney in 1935, and by 1937, he is the primary story producer on Donald Duck's new line of cartoons. Donald Duck, like, had just started in his own cartoons in 1937. Oh, wow. Just want to fact check. Did you say Carl Marx? Carl Barks. Got it. Yeah. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Carl wow. Marx. <laughs> is a different... I was very... I was like, oh, okay. Uh, so Donald Duck, Duck is a Marxist. Carl Marx wouldn't be writing a, a comic book about a millionaire duck being the hero. <laughs> that, uh, fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like, when... Did you know that Donald, like, sorry, Scrooge McDuck was created, like, long before DuckTales? Did you know that? No. I had no idea. I always thought that Scrooge McDuck was created in the Disney um, Christmas Carol adaptation. Oh, yeah, which is why it's called Scrooge. Yeah, Ebenezer Scrooge. It makes sense that Scrooge McDuck would just be a character they created. No, no. They just just so happened to have an Ebenezer Scrooge-like character that was a duck that they just plugged in. It It was like... A beautiful union. <laughs> um, anyway, Carl Barks, he's working on D- uh, Donald Duck cartoons in the 30s. Um, Donald Duck was created in 1934, but he had only co-starred in cartoons with Mickey Mouse and Goofy until then. Okay. It was only in the late 30s was he given his own cartoon line. In late 1942, Bar- uh, Barks acted as an illustrator for the Donald Duck comic book, Donald Duck Finds Pirate Gold. Oh, okay. A, a, like a, a super... Uh, like, prestige comic book at the time, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Uh, he worked on that comic right before he quit Disney due to poor poor working conditions and an ongoing sinus problem. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing. Uh, Disney was... Walt, old Walt himself, was not very kind to his workers. He wasn't labor-friendly. Uh, that's why they unionized and made him mad. Okay. Yeah. And when you say sinus problem, do you mean I don't think cocaine. I don't think they were doing the cocaine yet. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure like, animation's hard. You got to stay up 
Who knows? I mean, maybe they had Coca-Cola, which still had cocaine in it. Then. Yeah. Anyway, um, so he's left Disney. He intended to just start a chicken farm, live live life on, you know, live life, uh, oh. a nice, solitary life Uh-oh. away from the war, <laughs> away from Disney. <laughs> But you know, you, you need some money. You need some money to, to to get that started. So in the meantime, he asked his publisher. The, he asked the publisher behind the Donald Duck comic if they needed any artists to work on future stories featuring Donald Duck. Mm-hmm. I, I guess Carl Barks like had this affinity for Donald Duck, and he was like, "I'll write Donald stories. I'll draw Donald stories for your comic book. I'm I not like going to work at the studio. Uh, so I'm going to live this provincial life. Yeah, exactly." <laughs> He was uh, swiftly hired as a uh, as a writer and illustrator uh, for for Donald Duck comics. Okay. So he regularly produced duck comics for the next twenty years. Wow. I think he also started that chicken farm, but you know, <laughs> he, he never gave up on the duck comics. You know, I know one other person in real life that like. Once she hit retirement, her and her husband moved out of state to start a a farm with chickens. I don't think that's what they did. They just got a lot of pasture and she was like, I can raise chickens now. And I'm like, that's a thing people wish for. Yeah. You go on, Barks. Okay, so he's working on duck comics for 20 years. He develops a vast duck universe creating characters like Scrooge McDuck, Gyro Gearloose, Flinthard Glumgold, the the Beagle Boys, Magic Dispel, and all of those DuckTales characters that we now know and love. Disney comic artists at the time did not credit writers or artists. That was another thing. Oh! I'm telling you. I'm upset about this. Being a creative, like, before I assume, like, the 50s or 60s, like, you were just cast aside. How dare you? That's my word. No, they legit would just put Walt Disney's name on it, and it's like... I am offended to my deepest being. You're not surprised when when they unionize, right? No. Right, anyway. So... All of Bark's work was done anonymously. However, fans, especially those overseas, were like, Duck Comics were like uber popular. Um, They began to recognize his style over other artists who also did the Duck Comics. Mm. So whenever a Carl Bark's Duck Comic was released, they started to say, oh, that's the good Duck Artist. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how he got the nickname all over the world, the good Duck Artist. Oh, that's a wonderful nickname. Yeah, so it's like... You go to the store, you, you look at the Duck comics, and you see one that's what done by Carl Barks, but it doesn't have his name on it. You see someone done by another guy, and they're like, oh no, this one's the good Duck artist. And you go <laughs> buy that one. Oh, man. Yeah, I love that. It's so, it's so like, wholesome. Yeah, that makes me, like, when you say overseas, like, do you know which countries? I don't. I, I assume Europe. Okay, because yeah. I was like, because when you said that, I thought, like, Japan. It's because ma- And now I'm like, wait, when was the popularization of manga? Like... I'll Google that and find that out for myself. But I was just like, oh, that's Well, I know, like, Scrooge McDuck is popular in Disney, uh, Japan as well. Like, oh, yeah, yeah no, like, I, Dis- I believe yeah, that. Yeah, Disney Tokyo, like, has, like, Scrooge McDuck, like, oh. uh, merchandise and stuff. I know? believe that. You want to go visit that one? Uh, one day. Maybe, <laughs> Maybe one someday. Day. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Carl Barks retired as an artist in 1966, but he continued to serve as the occasional writer on the Duck comics until his death in the year 2000. Oh. Yeah, so he never gave up. Wow, on ducks. I never surrendered. Okay, and that brings us to the early 80s. New Disney CEO Michael Eisner pushed for an expansion by the company into new markets, including television. Up until that point, Disney had never produced an original animated television show. Ever. Which oh. is kind of strange because you think Disney would have done that. Yeah, but no, they, they were, were the pioneers. Yeah, no, they were just doing like cheesy 70s live action sitcoms and like crappy movies. 
I, I, I don't even know. I, I would like you know like old like comp, uh, like pirate shows or that's so like they were shows buying the rights to something else and putting it on, or they were making. No, them. I think they were producing them. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Back like in the seventies, they made a bunch of like just like weird adventure stuff. You know what? Remember when we first got Disney Plus and we were like, "What? What the crap is yeah, this? Yeah, it's yeah. that stuff." Yeah, it's all all that old stuff. Ah, oh. yeah, and, and like the movies like Herbie and. The computer wore tennis shoes. That's weird. <laughs> Charlie the Lonesome Cougar. Yeah, <laughs> All, yeah. That, that's what Disney was making in in before on television. They weren't okay. making cartoons, which doesn't make sense considering that that's what was. That's Disney's been, bread and butter. Yeah. yeah. So Eisner started Disney Television Animation, and that was founded in 1984. And their first two shows were Disney's Adventures in Gummy Bears, which is a funny story. Like they were like, well. Mike, what do you want to make? Well, my kid likes them gummy bears. Make them gummy bears. Make a show about them. You know, like the, the gummy, like the candies. Is that your Mike Eisner voice? Yeah. Okay. I don't think he sounds like that at all. That's just what I consider like a sleepy. My kids t- like gummy like bears. kids like them gummy bears. Them sugar-free gummy bears. <laughs> oh, no. Don't buy the Haribo sugar-free gummy bears. Uh, and then their second show was The Wuzzles. Wuzzles. Yeah, I didn't watch any of those. Is Gumby Disney? No. Okay. Gumby's like, I think... Like the forties or something. I watched, I'm not big on my. I did watch some Gumby. I watched. I think that was what I watched as a kid. Gumby and lamb chops. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't done my Gumby research. Um, production on Ducktales began in 1986, and I mentioned this. Disney would not allow cartoon stars like Mickey Mouse to be featured on television, but they let lesser-known characters like Scrooge McDuck and the nephews be used. Mm. So. Um, before Ducktales, Scrooge McDuck had been featured in a handful of cartoons including 1967's Scrooge McDuck and Money, which was like, I think, a sh- uh, just a cartoon short, and then 1983's Mickey's Christmas Carol, which I mentioned. And that's yeah. where I, th- legit, that's where I thought he came from. Because I remember watching that on tape as a kid, like the, the Christmas Carol. Yeah. And I remember Scrooge McDuck being the main character. And then DuckTales was produced alongside the television special Sport Goofy and Sport Mania. Sport Goofy and Sport Mania. Sport Goofy is not the Goofy you know. He's his own character. He's a Goofy that plays sports. <laughs> is he the Goofy? No, no, no. He's not the Goofy that like... Like the, there's a voiceover saying yeah, all the Yeah, yeah, like how to, how to set up your TV yeah. or how to ski and stuff. No, no, no. I think it's sort of inspired by that, but there was a legit... A weird character that they only pushed for a few things. And he was on merchandise <laughs> called Sport Goofy. Oh, gosh. And he had a cartoon. And the guy behind this 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 short, Sport Goofy, uh, like was also a big fan of the Carl Barks comics. So mm-hmm. he just like shoved Scrooge McDuck and the, and the nephews in there. So Sport Goofy Did and Sport Mania. Did he get permission Mania. for that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he was, he was working at Disney. It was Got okay. It. But Sport Goofy in Sport Mania is like a proto DuckTales. Huh. It was basically like a proof of concept. Okay. For all of our listeners who don't know what proof of concept means, not me, obviously. I totally know what it means. You don't have to explain that to me, but for our listeners. <laughs> it's, it's like, hey, this is going to work with audiences. It's yeah, like, okay. hey, th- these characters work. They have fun adventures. This can be its own show. It's the show like the executives who aren't, who don't want to pick up an old, an old comic book and read it. Uh, it's to say, hey, guy, hey, we made a real cartoon and it has characters that are fun. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so anyway, that, that, that's History of DuckTales. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you for condensing that 50 years into yeah. seven minutes. I have not read any Carl Barks comics. I assume they're good because people like them. Yeah. But with these TV episodes, we did not watch the whole show. 
because I'm not going to sit here and watch 112 episodes of DuckTales. I may love the show, but not that much. Right. <laughs> we, we, with the, with the television episodes, we just watched the first episode, the first, m- maybe most of the time, the first episode that aired, but generally like whatever the pilot was. Right. right. So, and the pilot, like as it was supposed to be, not necessarily the first episode. That- it, yeah. It's a case, a case by case basis. Yeah. Like we're, we're, we'll, we'll choose what we think is the first episode and we'll watch it. Yeah. So episode one of DuckTales is titled, don't give up the ship. It was actually when the show debuted, in 1987, it was actually a TV special called The Treasure of the Golden Suns. Mm-hmm. That TV special was like two and a half hours, and it was basically split up into five parts for future airing. So it was basically five episodes of DuckTales stitched together, and they told one long story. Right. So we, we watched the first part of that special, which is called Don't Give Up the Ship. So, well, yeah, let's talk about DuckTales. Okay. So first, first things first. The show introduces us to the main character, Scrooge McDuck. Oh, there's only one thing better than owning a vault full of cold hard cash, and that's swimming in it. Scrooge literally swims through a giant vault of money. through it like a and toss it up and let it hit me on the head. I'm pretty sure all of those lines are lifted straight from the comic. Ah, so, you know they. They wore their influence on the sleeve. Nice. Uh, I will say, every time I see that scene, all I think of is that meme with Taylor Swift. Oh. <laughs> she's, <laughs> there's a great, like, fan comic of Taylor Swift. It's just four panels. Like, the first panel is her getting broken up with. Second panel is her writing a song because she's sad that she's been broken up with. Third is she's she's won all the awards for that song. And then fourth is her sitting sad in Scrooge McDuck's money pin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell us... If you could describe Scrooge McDuck, how would you do it? White feathered, uh huh, yellow build, okay, Topham's hat. Yep. What about no pants? <laughs> Everybody's Donald Ducking it. And those little clasps that you wear on your shoes that are fancy, but no shoes. Uh, how would you describe his personality? <laughs> money grab, money hoarding, penny pinching. Uh huh. Miserly, even. Yes. Penny for the poor. They're not worth it. The poor aren't worth it. Oh, would you care for a sample, Mr. McDuck? No. They're free. Can I have more than one? <laughs> of course. Take as many as you can. Be back tomorrow. <laughs> he takes all of her free samples. All of them. I, I remember someone describing a, a Scrooge McDuck comic where he goes to a restaurant and he says... Like, he sits down, and they bring him bread and water. And he says, oh, it, it, are, are these for free? Yeah. Okay, I just want the bread and water. <laughs> That's Scrooge McDuck for you. That is. There's nothing worse than being behind a person who takes all the samples. Right. <laughs> um, and then Scrooge McDuck is played by the uh, ever-lovable Alan Young. He, the, he He's, like, iconic. Like, I don't think you can have a Scrooge McDuck, like... In not that type of voice. Like, mm-hmm. I know in the new DuckTales cartoon, he's voiced by, what's, what's that guy? David Tennant. Doctor Who. Um, and he's still doing this, you know, Scottish duck thing. He, well, I mean, he's Welsh. But, but yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Alan Young is like the perfect Scrooge McDuck. Like, I can't hear anybody else. Is he it. Welsh? I'm sorry. We might have to cut me saying that. <laughs> is he Scottish? I'm pretty sure he's Welsh. I have no idea. I'm going to Google that, but I'm not going to have people come for me. 
She's fact-checking, ladies and gentlemen. Dang it. David John Tennant. Where's he from? Is a Scottish actor. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. I said Welsh. Why did I say Welsh? Probably because I've seen something where he was doing a Welsh accent. Anyway. How dare you? I'm so it's sorry. So anyway, um, so that's that's Scrooge McDuck. And then we're, we are introduced to the other main characters of the show. The nephews and Donald. Now, when I did the Daisy Boys, you might you want to Scrooge. <laughs> but he's so cheap. Yeah, but he's family. Okay, Huey? Yes, Uncle Donald. No, back that, Huey. No, Uncle Donald. Huey, be good. I'm your speak box. Ah, yes and no, Uncle Donald. Oh, and one more thing. Give me a hug. Ah, uh, we're really gonna miss you, Uncle Donald. Ah, uh, I'm gonna miss you too. As we mentioned, Donald Duck is joining the Navy. Yeah. Can we call him a main character? I don't feel like he's a main character. I mean, he's the star, I guess. Like, you know, like he's the... the he's top billing, yeah. but... <laughs> top billing? Like duck bill? Boo. <laughs> but yeah, the, 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 the real main characters there are the, the, the nephews, all mm-hmm. voiced by uh, Rusey Taylor. Again, like, iconic voice. And I think this show accentuates it more than any other. I think Donald Duck just has a speech impediment. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it's so weird to, like, just hear Donald Duck, like, just speaking <laughs> full <laughs> sentences. <laughs> yeah. And I can't understand half of what he's saying. But every other duck is perfectly legible. Yeah. Legible's not the right word. Like, intelligible. Audible. Intelligible. Yeah. Um, so, the, the boys are being left with their uncle, Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. Um, like, their great uncle, I, I suppose? Yeah, because, I mean, Donald calls him Uncle Scrooge as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, things don't go well for them right away. Because Scrooge is kind of a jerk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's not um, one for... You know what? I was just thinking, like, yeah, yeah he's a penny pincher and he, like, wants to not spend any money or waste any money. And he doesn't want to spend any time or waste any time. That's true. So, you know, like, you know when people are like, oh, man, I don't have money to give to my family, but I can give them time or care, cook for them. And he's like, no, you get neither. I, I'm pretty sure that's in this episode. Time is money. You're like, time is money, boys, you know? Yeah. And I think, like, people have said, like, Scrooge isn't, like, he, he just likes money. Like, yeah. he doesn't want to spend it. He doesn't, like, he lives extravagantly. I guess he does. Yeah, but he likes to... Uh, he just likes to He wants to, to say that has it. a lot. Yeah, it's like it's... collecting Pokemon cards, except it's currency. Yeah, it's weird. So, like, that's his thing. It's just, like, to him... He's just the having the money is important to him because he likes to swim in it and it like gives him powers. I guess <laughs> they. Um, the, I've heard that the reason he's able to swim through money is because he's lived close to gold coins his entire life for so long that there's just a like like a, a, a fine bu- layer. Yeah, he's got like a bubble of of gold dust Ugh. covering him at all times that he could just easily. Just glide through money so and gross. swim through it. That's so gross because money is so dirty. Yeah. Money is so dirty. Scrooge don't care. He showers and he still has a fine layer on him. Ugh. Yeah. Um. So it's like, this is a kid's cartoon, but mm-hmm. I think at least this first episode does a good job of like having an arc for Scrooge, right? Because mm-hmm. the at, at, at the very beginning, Scrooge is a, is a selfish jerk. Um, and he doesn't even treat his boys with any respect. He puts them up in the attic, doesn't want to spend any time with them. Yeah. And they get bored and sad. He, like, sends servants to, like, yeah. tend to them and 
they don't really even care, you know? Like, right. Because at least you would think, like, all right, well, the servants will see, like, this sucks for the kids and try to make it better. Nope. No, they, they, they in fact, his uh, his butler, I can't, what's his butler's name? Duck, Duckworth? I can't remember. But his his butler actively encourages Scrooge to not be soft on the boys. Yeah. So I, ha- I have that clip there, but this is, like, kind of like the end of Act 2, where it's like there's a big misunderstanding, mm-hmm. and uh, Scrooge has to make the choice, you know, does he need to love his nephews more, or does he want to continue to be a selfish jerk? Right. Donald dumped them in my lap, so now they're my responsibility. But curse their feathers, they're such troublesome little brats. Indubitably, sir. How did I let Donald talk me into taking care of those little beasts? I told you he didn't want us. Right. Let's get out of here. And they leave before they hear this. The worst thing about it is the little nose punches remind me of myself at that age. Cunning, sharp, resourceful. Don't go soft, sir. No, Duckworth. I've been wrong. I'm going to make it up to them in the morning. So, that misunderstanding, you know, moves into the the, the climax of the show where, you know, they they have... uh, We'll get to like maybe like what the adventure side of the show is, but I do want to point on this. Like at the end of the show, Scrooge realizes his mistake, and he realizes that it's more important to have family around mm-hmm. and to value his family more than money. A little bit. Yeah. Oh, uh, I was like sitting here thinking, like I I don't think you've read or seen them, but I was like, it reminds me a little bit of. Um, uh, Lemony Smicket's uh, series of for- unfortunate events. I've only seen the movie with uh, what's what's his name? Drew Carey. Drew, J- not Drew Carey. Jim Carey. Jim Carey. Yeah. I'm real good at this actor thing, guys. Um, yeah, yeah, which is fine, whatever. But like, I, I was like wondering if it was I, I it. if it was like loosely if that was loosely based on Ducktales because in Ducktales, like Scrooge is like, ah, oh, let me be better, and mm-hmm. then for the rest of the series, I'm assuming I haven't watched it is better but it, the thing where it's just like oh you're for whatever reasons dumped on this guy who Doesn't is family you. i guess like quote unquote family um and doesn't care about you sticks you in an addict has somebody check on you and like not really yeah. care, you know but um he's not that bad even though let's be honest we don't oh wait Duckworth brought them food, right? Yeah, yeah like, they, they were fed, but they were fed um, the the cheese free cheese samples that uh, Duck that Scrooge McDuck stole. That's so yeah. Like uh, the, the kids say, there's a line where they say, like, if it's another, you know, if they if she if he brings us any more cheese samples, I'm gonna like barf or I'm gonna be mad. Oh man, know, something like that. This is not how you take care of kids. I don't care if they're your family or not. Don't do it, Scrooge. <laughs> Um, but anyway, Scrooge just starts to, you know, have a, a change of heart. Uh, he has a, a moment of conscious, I guess. Well, Mr. McDuck, your family must be very proud of you. My what? <laughs> family. I've never heard that word before. Well, I, I never really... Uh, that is, I, 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 I... Surely there must be someone you spend your time with? After all, money isn't everything. Uh, very busy, you see, and, 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 and well, no time for... To tell the truth, my life is pretty lonely. If it weren't for those pesky nephews... I... Yes, my nephews! There, there you go. <laughs> the grand lads. Quick, feisty, just like me. Now they're grand lads. I mean, that that clip makes it sound like maybe he's, he's like, using them for, as a public relations Yeah, that's ploy. what I'm like. But no, I, I legitimately think that this is Scrooge coming around the, you know, yeah. t- turning the corner... 
being a you know accepting of his nephews and being yeah. a family man. Yeah, because yep. like she brought it up and he was like, oh, yeah, let me think about that. Yeah, yeah you know, that would be nice to have. Also, uh, in that scene, they were like in his chocolate factory yeah. or something and mm-hmm. they were like watching. I just wanted to say that because in the background, I kept hearing. <laughs> and I was like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're stirring melty wet chocolate. Yeah. Just in case anyone else. So heard Scrooge, that. Scrooge not only has a giant money bin and like, I don't know what his business is, like real estate, maybe. But yeah, he has, a, gi- he has a chocolate. F- <laughs> he has a chocolate factory as well. Yeah. So anyway, let's let's transition into the the adventure plot of the episode. Um, in 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 all adventure story, you know, in all great adventure stories, there's the MacGuffin. Yeah. What's the MacGuffin in this episode? A guy in a trench coat. No, no, the, no, no. The Beastie Boys. No, no, that's the villain. The, oh. the MacGuffin is what everybody wants. Oh, the thing that everybody's oh. chasing after. You know, I was thinking red herring when you said MacGuffin. Um, MacGuffin is the uh, t- titular ship. Yes, it is a. It's like a pi- an old pirate ship, like a, like a model pirate ship that's just in Scrooge McDuck's um, money bin, like in, in his vault, museum. Like, yeah, museum. Um, and the Beagle Boys come to steal it. That's what I said. The Beastie Boys. The Beastie. <laughs> <laughs> the Illinist Beagle Boys. <laughs> the Illinist Bee Boys. It works. I'd rather face all the Beagle Boys than those three. And then we as fade over to I the prison. Figure, we've hit Scrooge's money bin 299 times. <laughs> well, 300's the charm. Yeah, but first we gotta get out of here. So that's the Beagle Boys. They are stereotypical, like, bandit-type characters. Yeah. They all wear black masks and have striped shirts. Um... But they're a lot of fun. They're all very stupid. Yeah, and they're meant to be. They're meant to be like buffoons, like mm-hmm. just idiot uh, buffoonery. Yeah, bandits, you know. Um, and they are employed. One, but they're released from prison by an unknown. Uh, are they released or did yeah. they escape? They it was es- like something in a cake. Yeah, so some they somebody smuggles in a cake with bombs inside, and they yeah. use it to escape from prison, and they don't know who their conspirator is. So they they find out that the person who's freed them is a character named El Capitan. El Capitan. Creeps. So where's this El Capitan character? Right here, caballeros. Caballeros. Pleased to meet you. So why did you spring us anyway? You are all experts on Scrooge McDuck's money bin. I want you to steal something from it for me. Cash? No, hombres. Something much more valuable. What's more valuable than three cubic acres of cash? A small wooden ship. A small wooden ship. Um, question. Yes. He says, no one is as knowledgeable. They've hit the place almost 300 times uh-huh. and gotten caught every single time. They're like, it's it's comic book villain logic. Yeah. That's your... You're bad at your job, El Capitan. <laughs> you should have hired the butler. Yeah, <laughs> I hired somebody else. Um, I, I would have said that the the cops, should... the cops in the city infrastructure, are doing a bad job. Uh, that's These fair. Beagle Boys keep escaping. That's fair. And hitting the money bin. You know, he should have like hit up the the, the boys, Louis, Louis, Dewey, Jewy, and <laughs> that's not their names. Huey, Dewey, and Louis. Huey, Dewey, Louis. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Their names rhyme, and I just went with a rhyme. Oh, gooey, gooey, and chewy. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm like, if I was a villain, comic book 
characters aside, edgy comic book characters, I would flip the I would flip the triplets to my side, <laughs> have them steal it. I do want to shout out to the voice actor of El Capitan. That is Jim Cummings, who is a name I will I'll probably repeat many times as we do this show because he is prolific. He uh, just a few off the top of my head. He voices uh, Darkwing Duck. Mm. He's Winnie the Pooh. Mm. Uh, He's everybody. Everybody. He's actually here right now. Hey, no, he's not. He's you. He's everybody. The danger lurks behind you. (laughs) Um, So the boys they had just overheard uh, Scrooge McDuck badmouthing them, and they decide to run away. And they act like they just so happened to stumble upon El Capitan and the Beagle Boys. Uh, like breaking into the money bin. Yeah, like right? as they're exiting, as they're running yeah. away. <laughs> and that leads them on this like kind of a detective path. Yeah. This detective trail to find the Beagle Boys in their hideout, right? Right. So they track down the Beagle Boys and they're at this old, uh, like a, like a theater. No, it's a theater, like an old theater. Yeah. Right, and so they 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 track him down, and they discover that the the the, the ship that they're that everybody seems to be after is actually a treasure map. Oh. What's going on here? It's a treasure map, Uncle Scrooge, and they want it. Get out of here, boys! I'll handle this. No, sir, Uncle Scrooge. We're all in this together. Good lads. So yeah, and then. The the boys are chased by the Beagle Boys. They have the ship. They're trying to keep it away from the Beagle Boys. They all end up at, at Scrooge's Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Willy Wonka's cho- Chocolate Factory. And uh, they have the, the climactic battle with the Beagle Boys. Yeah. That ends in scalding chocolate flooding the factory. Right. And then, then that, that basically, the cops show up late. Well. But luckily, the Beagle, the Beagle Boys have been crystallized into chocolate, <laughs> and they're taken to prison. <laughs> and <laughs> the adventure just begins, right? Because they have the treasure map on the ship, and they're going to go track down that treasure. Yeah, they are. Because I'm who wouldn't want more treasure? Treasure hunting, Uncle Scrooge. Who knows? We make a great team, don't we, lads? Give me four. Uncle Scrooge. Ugh, what a family. What a you haven't family. won the treasure yet, McDuck. <laughs> Beware. Does this guy also voice the the sand lion, the sand tiger in I think so. Aladdin? It, he totally that, does. That yeah. voice just sounds yeah. like only the, the best the, can enter, obviously. The Cave of Wonders? That's all the wor- I am a Disney kid. I can't name a single <laughs> just <laughs> Sand yes. lion. I'm telling you, once you realize that Jim Cummings is in everything, you start to hear him everywhere. Yeah. Um, he, he does a lot of video games as well. But anyway, yeah, so that, that basically sets up the, the next several string of episodes where they go on this grand treasure adventure. I remember re-watching it a few years ago, just because I was curious, like mm-hmm. DuckTales. I think this was right when it had turned 30 years old. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So I decided to watch the first five episodes of DuckTales, and it, it, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I feel like this is actually maybe the weakest of the five. Uh. From the first, because like they end up going to like this, they meet Launchpad McQuack, who we didn't meet in this episode, right? Um, who's their driver? You know, he flies a helicopter and gets some places. Um, they go to like this island, and 
they you know find an ancient temple there's mm-hmm. like you know natives there and a very like Indiana Jones style adventure yeah oh yeah, yeah 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 and then they end up you know taking the treasure but uh the 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 temple collapses in on itself and it's, you know it's just a lot of swashbuckling fun swashbuckling fun I, I'm getting it like a little confused in my head with the reboot because I've seen more yeah. episodes of that than I have of this and that being said I've only seen three episodes of the reboot well, they, I mean objectively re- the reboot <clears throat> DuckTales is better than this uh, they actually tell like a full story a, yeah there's actual continuity like DuckTales really doesn't have con- con- too much continuity the original OG DuckTales but. and there's more Donald Duck because there now is. he's not so snobby. Now they don't make um, movies about. He still those has characters. a speech impediment, though. Yeah. So that's Ducktales. Where did it go Ooh. from here? You ask. <laughs> Where did it go from here? I ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Ducktales ran for a hundred episodes, with its fourth season ending in oh, a two-parter. In that means it got syndicated. It did. <laughs> and that's that's where the the Disney afternoon that's how it was born mm. so in case you don't know what syndication means basically uh 100 episodes is like the magic number but sometimes a little like here on the wikipedia article i was looking at it was like 65 was the magic number oh you make in, a certain in the 80s? Num- yeah you make a certain number of episodes for a tv show you can actually sell the rights to air that tv show in a block to other networks like oh. tv affiliates so like your basic tv stations right mm-hmm. like they are usually owned by a bigger network, so like CBS, ABC, NBC. They own local TV stations all over the country. Mm-hmm. Those TV stations get the prime time and some of the daytime programming from the big networks. So whatever mm. CBS produces, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking like NBC back in the you know, it was like Scrubs and Friends. Yeah. And, you know, like they would get all that stuff from NBC because NBC, those were their shows, but your local TV station, your local NBC affiliate still had hours to fill. So uh, they would buy syndication, syndicated programming from mm-hmm. other things. So Disney's out here. Hey, we've got a hundred episodes of DuckTales. We can sell you the rights as a syndicated show. You can run an episode of DuckTales every single day hmm. on the afternoon, you know, yeah. for kids when they get home from school. So every day, You've got at least one episode of DuckTales that you can air. That's the idea. It's like yeah. when an episode – you get a syndicated show on your network, it's going to run every single day. It's guaranteed daily programming. This, promo- this pops a question in my head. Yeah. But I feel like I've answered it myself because it makes me think of Saturday morning cartoons um, and how you would see the same <laughs> – 40 episodes of uh, Card Captor Sakura, and they would just start all over yeah, at the day. That's, that's what syndication was. So I would, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I would, my brain was like, wait, but like, this, is syndication just like an American thing? I think so. Yes. Because yes. you can just get, because uh-huh. otherwise, the side yeah. you, I mean, the. Uh, I've, I've heard, I've heard people. Power Rangers. That's the thing. I heard people in other territories are confused when syndication is brought up as a topic. So I think it's just an American thing. Yeah. So anyway. I, the first time I ever heard the word syndicate was in Cowboy Bebop. Oh. And so when I heard syndication, I was like, I never, people are going to die. I've never connected the word syndicate with syndication, but <laughs> I guess that makes sense. So what happens is sometimes you can sell something called a syndication block, which is a block of like. Multiple shows together. It's a package. Uh. So you you go. So Disney, after they had a few more successful animated shows, Disney Television Animation, instant success with Ducktales. They have now they now have the confidence to produce more TV shows, mm-hmm. right? With the same 
basically of the same caliber. Right. So they quickly produced Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Tailspin, and Darkwing Duck. Oh, right? that's why they're all the same in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, they produce, they like fast track 65 episodes each. They've got, basically, you can syndicate all four of them as a block. Uh... Disney Afternoon. So Disney was essentially selling the Disney Afternoon package to different networks so that those networks could play every single day episodes of Disney Afternoon. Mm. So every every weekday afternoon there was Disney content. You Somewhere. Had, yeah. You had two hours of guaranteed Disney content every day. And this is how they built a Disney kid. This yes. is when Cradle yeah. to the Grave began. But that's the thing. I, so my dad stole cable. Like that, it's, it's not, I, the, I, I assume the, uh, the statute of limitations is passed. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we didn't ha- I, I didn't watch a lot of network TV until like the kids WB was around, like mm-hmm. in like the early 2000s. Um, I did, when I watched the Disney afternoon, it was on Disney, the Disney channel. It was mm-hmm. actually, Disney was actually pr- like first air, you right, know, right, right. first run airings of these things. So. To me, it was like I, I have I had no I had no knowledge of the Disney Afternoon as a as a thing on like you know Channel Nine or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't for me. So that that's the Disney Afternoon. A few other interesting things about Ducktales: its reception, its legacy. Uh, the show was nominated for four daytime Emmys. Ooh! It won Outstanding Animated Program in 1989. Ooh! Yeah. Ducktales spawned a Capcom developed video game adaptation in 1989. Which is actually regarded as one of the best NES titles of all time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you normally don't think of a video game based on a cartoon to be good. No. Uh, but apparently, DuckTales, very good. Woo! You play, you play as Scrooge McDuck and he's out there searching for gems and diamonds uh-huh. in like the Himalayas and the desert and stuff. <laughs> um, and he has a cane that he jumps around on like a pogo stick. Oh. And so that's like the iconic thing from that game. It was a platformer, but you can jump around on a pogo stick. Uh, jump. Jump around. And a feature film based on DuckTales was released in 1990. Oh, yeah. But we're going to leave it there because we might just be talking more about DuckTales in the future. Maybe. (laughs) Spoilers. Um, Yeah, and uh, before we go, I also want to shout out to the Japanese studio TMS, Tokyo Movie Shinsha, who animated all of season one of DuckTales. Uh, TMS is the, so Disney did not animate the show themselves. Right. That's the dirty secret. Disney didn't actually, they outsourced Mm -hmm. because they don't want to spend too much money on animation. Animation takes forever and it's expensive. So they just, you know, outsource it to Japan to do it. TMS, however, is the best of the best in terms of like TV animation. They're the company behind Lupin the Third. They did the animation for Akira. They did the Little Nemo movie. They, they are prolific. They have credits like spanning like 40 years. Oh, nice. Yeah. So the the thing is, if you're ever watching like a 90s cartoon, doesn't matter. Disney, Warner Brothers, whatever. Mm-hmm. If the anima- if you look at it and go, man, the animation, this is really good. It's probably TMS. <laughs> uh, Batman the Animated Series, Animaniacs. Uh-huh. All, all of those shows were like the good ones were animated by T- TMS. So... Good job, TMS. Good job, TMS. A pledge track here. <sighs> Any parting thoughts on DuckTales before we move into the break? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, with that, 
Um, we're going to close out with the the lesser known second verse to the DuckTales theme song. And uh, we'll see you on the other side with Jess's show of 4 on your Fox station for the Tri-Cities, WETO. coming in with the theme song to a different world a different <laughs> world you say well that would be just a show of 1987 which is a very different world from DuckTales yeah. debuting September 24th 1987 on NBC starring Lisa Bonet Jasmine Guy Marissa Tomei and Kadeem Her- Kadeem Hardison created by Bill Cosby <laughs> we have a different world uh yeah what is A Different World and why did you watch it so much? Um, A Different World is a spinoff from The Cosby Show that yeah, we'll get the, more into. Yeah, let's, get into. That, let's get that out of the way um, first. That centers on their oldest daughter who goes away to college. And it's just about her college life. And, well, the first season is about her college life. Yeah, well, okay, and we'll, it's we'll about that too. life in college. I, I think it's really interesting, though, like because this is not the theme song I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember, I think it starts in the second season which uh, it's Aretha Franklin. Yeah, it's like cool, like more poppy, and yeah. even the the opening, like the opening of um, this a different world is so I don't know. It makes me think of like it's just people washing a car. Which the other one is the another one, the one that I like that is in my mind is more colorful and poppy, and people are moving through doors and yeah. you're seeing stuff. Have you did you see that? I, I did. Yeah, I did. it's a much better yeah thing. And, and I think like I, I'm I'm glad we came in with this very like bluesy slow season one theme song uh because this show had quite the journey uh <laughs> to like b- production wise like it this show this show is so dang interesting yeah uh because we should watch more together <laughs> I, you know I'm, I'm, i won't fight that you know honestly this show is actually really good i'd never heard of it but tell me you're you're Give me your your history with a different world. What, um, what is this? My history with a different world is again much like all the, almost all the things that I'm talking about in in these the 80s that we're doing is a product of um, being raised by my parents and at the age that these were on it wasn't a 
hey, what does the kid want to watch? It's, no, you're going to watch what we're watching. Right. And, um, and, and it was were, still family-friendly stuff. And we watched the Cosby Show. We loved the Cosby Show. You, you, were, uh, you were in a black family? I, I was Co- in a see, black family. <laughs> Cosby Show was uh, appointment viewing, I see. Yeah, it was. And um, and so it was a different world. I like. I want to say that, yeah, I was like, with, I was just, because like, I don't, we're not going to go through all of these things, but a different world, living single, uh, Cosby show, um, family matters, different things. Like, uh, we're so important. I think there's a lot of times that we talk about, right. Being able to see yourself in the media that you watch. And I know that a lot of people have like problems with it because on the big screen, right. You don't see a lot of different colors and different backgrounds and stuff like that. But in, this kind of in in the 80s uh and the early, the late 80s and early 90s there was a, like a really and there there were shows before that too but there was like a push for a lot of like set com set coms situational sitcoms. comedies i would say like set as in like sitting because people are sitting and watching sitcoms um that like portrayed a different kind of um option that's not the word but just portrayed the the differences in like how black families are right because yeah. you do have the cosby show which looks like something but that looks uh very different the huxtables look very different from the winslows and um i don't know it's just a beautiful thing so these are I, I i watch them because my parents watch them and i watch them because they're good they're good yeah <laughs> um i had never heard of this show before <laughs> we watched it for this little exercise of ours um you, I'm gonna play like my first clip here. Uh, like we watched this, and like very early on, the main character of the show, whose name will be introduced in the clip, uh, walks into frame. Let me let me play that. Oh hi! Welcome to Gilbert. Thanks. It's so nice to be in this dorm. You know, compared to freshman dorms, this place is like paradise. Oh, I'm Denise Huxtable. She goes, Denise Huxtable, and and you look at me like, huh, huh? You know who Denise? I was like, I don't know who Denise Huxtable is. I have no idea what that. What is that? And what is the Denise Huxtable? I had just to go as to show the differences in yeah. our family in our upbringings. Uh, I had never seen the Cosby Show. Yeah, I never. I had I had heard of Bill Cosby. I watched a little. I watched Little Bill. Oh gosh. I watched uh, Kids Say the Darndest Thing. So I know of. I knew. I, I knew Bill Cosby well enough, but I did not watch the Cosby Show. Mm-hmm. So. I, I don't know. This show was like all new to me. Yeah. I feel like you were like, she looks familiar. Why do I know her? And I was like, wait for it. Like, I'm Denise Huxtable. Huh? Huh? And you're like, I don't, what is this? <laughs> yeah. What are you hawing me for? So yeah, this is a show about Denise Huxtable, who is- uh, In her second year of college. In her second year of college, she is the daughter of Bill Cosby no, Huxtable. Heath Cliff Huxtable. <laughs> Cliff Huxtable. The second daughter? Heath Cliff Huxtable. Heath Cliff. Yes. Uh, first daughter. Okay. No, no, no. no. She had. Uh, oh, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Second daughter. This is, there's. An, they had another daughter that gr- I, successfully graduated from college. Yes. I never think about her. I, <laughs> I don't know. I only knew about her because the, the the research said so. That's fair. No, no. They totally do, and you really don't even see her. It's it's cool. They yeah. have a lot of kids. <laughs> I want to. I want to jump into the production of the show. The show is wild. Okay. Um. So. The, the story of a different world starts in 1984 with the debut of The Cosby Show. It was a swift success for NBC. Uh, from season two to season six, it was consistently the highest ranked show on television. Oof. Yeah. It's just a moment. That's excellent. Yeah. That's Co- excellent. America loved the Huxtables. Oh, man. Yeah, they did. Um, so the original premise of A Different World was to have a white student, uh, here's the thing, I was trying to understand, like, I was trying to see where was the, 
first, like, where was the idea, hey, we want to spin off the Cosby show? Mm -hmm. But I assume it was, like, season two has the highest rankings on television, and they're like, ooh, hey, hey, there's money in them, you know, (laughs) in there. Hey, NBC called up Bill and said, hey, Bill, do you want to make another show for us? And Bill's like, oh, yeah, okay, I don't know. Okay, I can't do a Bill (laughs) Okay, then. Pudding. Oh, dear. No. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, So the original premise, and I I assume this was like Bill Cosby and his like creative people, Mm -hmm. whoever his people were. Uh, the original premise was to have a white student at the college. At the historically black college. Yeah, historically black college. Uh, Hillman is yes. the name of the college they attend. Have a white student come in, then have her... The show be about her relationship with an acting teacher there. But during production, they changed the premise from being a story about a white girl in a black college to a black girl in a black college with a white friend. Mm. And since Denise of the Cosby Show was already... Of college age, she was like late high school. They just decided to make her the star of the spinoff. Yeah, it just seemed convenient. It was yeah, like, this is a character people are already familiar it's very, with. Very like backdoor. Yeah, and then they they gave her a white roommate uh, to like keep that dynamic in the show. They gave her oh right 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 third bed. <laughs> oh, that's right, third bed. There was a third bed in that. In that, in that that set that's that's why i'm like it's been a while since i've watched this show so i was like i I was like i remember like who you're talking about and stuff and i was just like yeah when does she come in but i also remember i was like there's three beds in this room yeah so the first triple (laughs) the first episode is called reconcilable differences and it's about denise not getting along with her roommate at the dorm Mm -hmm. um and we go into the dorm room and there are three beds and you pointed it out yeah and i guess that third bed is filled by Marissa Tomei, who is very young, like you see her in the theme song. She is, yeah, it's like she is, and she's she's in My Cousin Vinny just like five years later, and she looks like a grown woman. Yeah, I, yeah. So anyway, um, during season three of the Cosby Show, uh, the character of Denise leaves her college, and this was where I was confused because, like, you heard it in that clip. It seems like Denise had already been to college for mm-hmm. a year. You know, she's talking about, oh, it's a lot better than the freshman dorms. And yeah. I was just like, did she go to college mm-hmm. during the Cosby show? Yes, she did. Yeah. Season three of the Cosby show, Denise leaves for college and the remainder of the season depicts her struggles during her freshman year. And I guess she like returns home mm-hmm. occasionally to have an episode. Yeah. And then goes back to school. Yeah. And then the final episode of the third season of the Cosby show was called Hillman. It had the whole family visit Hillman College where Denise goes to school. And this was essentially the backdoor pilot for A Different World. Yeah. Behind the scenes, A Different World encountered a turbulent pre-production, not only with, like, the change in what the show... Yeah, what the show is about. Apparently, scripts and entire episodes were being scrapped just weeks before the show's debut. Including, like, the... I think they said the first three episodes. They they had to film an entire new pilot just for for the airing. That's crazy. Yeah. NBC felt that the show wasn't working, and because Bill Cosby was opting for a more hands-off approach, <laughs> uh... the network hired veteran writer Ann Beats, who had worked on Saturday Night Live and created the the high school sitcom Square Pegs. I never mm. heard of it. Ann Beats. Ann Beats. Bets. No, 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 no. I that wasn't me. I was my brain was just like, I'm glad that they. I just had to like make sure I heard you say Anne because it's like I'm glad that it's a black woman or it's not. not a black woman. Sorry, I'm glad that it's a woman. Yeah, it is a woman. Um, yeah. I said black woman because I was picturing Denise, a woman who was writing this story about a main character as a woman in college, right? Rather than and, like 
and she had prior experience of dealing with like a school aged sitcom. So yeah, they had the square pegs. So they brought her in. It's like they trusted her already. She worked at Saturday Night Live for NBC, and they were just like, "Get this show under control." So she came in to turn the show around. Nice. And that is how we got the first season of A Different World. Yeah. So let's talk about this first episode, shall we? <laughs> we shall. Um, so first, within the first 15 minutes, we've got the whole cast of the show, more or less. Yeah. Other than Marissa Tomei, who's not in this episode at all. Yeah, no. Um, we've already been introduced to Denise. Who else we got? We have Jalisa, who's the roommate that we have reconcilable differences with. Yep, I got the clip for her. Hi. I'm Denise. You must be 26. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean that. You don't look 26. You know, you don't even look a day over Why don't we just start over? Okay, great. I'd, I'd like that. Hi, I'm Jaleesa. Hi, Jaleesa. I'm single. <laughs> so, what else have you heard about me? That you're no teenager. <laughs> look, let's be straight and just get this out in the open, okay? Okay. Yes, I was married. It lasted for two years. I had no children while we were married, but my husband did. That's why we're divorced. I like her delivery there. She, yeah. J- Jaleesa's that's, a keeper. Jaleesa is a keeper. And that's, I, like, again, I was like, excellent. Right. A woman wrote that. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so just for some context of what was happening there, um, she... Uh, Denise got to her room. Her roommate was already there, but on her way up to her room, she was talking to another character that we will be introduced to very shortly, mm-hmm. um, who was basically just gossiping, gossiping yeah. like, "Oh, your roommate? Uh, well, she, she ain't no teenager. She, she ain't no teenager. She's like twenty six, and she's here. She's been married. She's been married. I heard she had a run in with the law." Yeah. Why am I using this one? Because I don't want to put on her voice. That's why. And and so when she gets up there, like, because listening to that out of context, she's like, hi, Jaleesa, I'm single. She's not hitting on her. <laughs> she's I just, didn't think about that. She's just like, so. She's um, putting her foot, or, foot in her mouth. Over and over. Because, yeah. you know. Ugh. Yeah. So it, like. It, it, We're guess, not that far away from high school. <laughs> yeah. I guess uh, in, in the day it was un, un, abnormal to hear about a woman you go to school with who is. Not only been married and divorced, but is like 26, as if that's old. Yeah. I was like, it's not old, hun. Nowadays, it's just kind of like, yeah, I didn't go to college, but now I think I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm I was like, like hey, man, Jaleesa's awesome. Yeah, I know. I was like, ooh, role model. I like Jaleesa. Yeah. Who's this uh, other character you talked about? <sighs> Let's talk about Whitley. Denise. Whitley. Well, <laughs> Everyone says it that way. How's your summer? I just worked my little tail off interning in Daddy's chambers. Have you ever spent a summer in Richmond? You can fry an egg on a Jaguar. <laughs> you can fire an egg on a Jaguar. I Whitley is so annoying, but I love her. Anytime I see this actress in anything, like Dead Like Me, I'll just be like, it's Whitley. And I, I'm sure, you know, that just drags her she's just like i've had other roles and i have a name and she doesn't talk like that either and she doesn't but like oh man whitley is a a southern belle oh yeah she uh she comes from a wealthy family um i think her parents are like they they donate to the school or whatever you know they're they're they do something yeah no yeah they do yeah they have clout at the school they do and when they have a conversation about it at some point like what does your parents do (laughs) like Okay. Yeah. Um, I was reading that the character of Whitley was based on the real life experiences of head writer Susan Fales Hill, who was the daughter of a Haitian actress and a wealthy Italian businessman. 
Um, she once recounted that when she began her freshman year at college, she struggled to fit in and was often shunned by other black students for acting too white. Yeah. And that's kind of Whitley. I get it, you know. Yeah. But Whitley, like, leans into it. Like, oh, shun me. Uh, but that's a very real experience. Yeah. Oh, that's I'm glad. A- that's the thing. I, I'm glad they brought that in. Yeah, me too. Like, this is... Ugh. Okay, I know we're going to talk about more characters. But I just, like, the show is so well done. And it... Because it, it's so... It's multifaceted. It doesn't just show, like, we're following this one girl and her experiences. Like, we see the roundness of other characters and other experiences. Yeah. But that's the same for, like... We'll, we'll talk about the classic show. Um, but I just... Ugh, it's so well done. Because there's... It's such a... Like, as a, a black woman who has been accused many a times of not being black enough or speaking white or whatever, depending on where I'm at um, in any given situation. Like, yo, man, that, like burns real bad Mm -hmm. and you either just kind of like lean into it or code switch which is both are fine it's just how you cope and deal and she's got enough money to do what she wants (laughs) Uh, so that's Whitley any other characters there's one more I I have one more clip for like the the last of the main cast okay who do you got Uh, Dwayne Wayne Dwayne Wayne Johnson how you doing the name's Wayne. Dwayne Wayne, official greeter of the Dorm Orientation Committee. Dorm Orientation Committee? <laughs> I didn't know we had one. Oh, uh, <clears throat> in fact, we're having our first meeting tonight, 7.30, my place. You like wine coolers? <laughs> oh, gee, I can't make it tonight. Someone's coming to fix the soda machine. Well, why do you have to be there for that? Well, they do want the dorm director to be there. You're the dorm director. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Anything I just said to you was said with complete respect. Oh, and with complete respect, I'm telling you. Leave. I'm gone. <laughs> I, I, I'm gone. <laughs> so Dwayne Wayne, he's a... A breath of fresh air. <laughs> a horn, he's a bit of a horn dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, he chills towards the middle of season one. Um, yeah. But... He is the first character that you that yeah. you see and hear from in the show. Like, yeah, he is the first line. Yeah, he and... speaks straight to the camera and like gives basically that whole speech. It's like, hey, I'm the dorm, you know, I'm the I'm the orientator. If you, you welcome wanna, to Hillman, yeah, come come on, and spend some time with me. You know, like he he just hits on all the women. Yeah, Denise walks in. He's like, wah, 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 you know, <laughs> yeah, he's just in the, the women's dorm while they're moving, like people are moving in, and it's just like, oh, okay, get out. Yep. Are you helping somebody move? Get out. <laughs> and then uh, the the whole even like later on they go to a, like kind of a, a, a social I don't know they get, yeah they go to the hub or you know the the commons <laughs> words for our college yeah um, they go to the, yeah they go to the I, commons they have a dance and and yeah Dwayne like there's is trying to dance with every girl out there yeah there's always like on move in days right like there's always like not a freshman orientation but it's it's a it's a social right. And mostly for the freshmen, but anybody who lives on campus or near will just like That's the thing. go. You, you lived on campus. Mm-hmm. I did not. Yeah. I, I I know nothing of dorm life. I yeah, know, yeah, I yeah. You, any- yeah, the first day we moved in, or maybe, well, definitely through the first week because it was spirit week. I remember our um, RA made us, I'm not a social person, <laughs> but made us uh, go to, I think it was, it was either... Um, AI. It was either one of the dining halls, I almost said where we live, and uh, or the, the gym, and we just like had a big old spirit thing, and there was dances and stuff. I was home by then. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be around. I was strangers. Did you have a, a, a dorm orientation committee boy who was trying to hit on all the girls? <laughs> I'm not going to say no names. <laughs> but your school did have a Dwayne Wayne. 
Your dwarf yeah, yeah. had a Dwayne Wayne. Uh, our hall had a Dwayne Wayne. Dorm Dwayne Wayne. <laughs> um, so that that's re- that's really the core cast. Um, let's talk about the the, the, the episode itself. Oh, I do want to say yeah. in that in that clip you heard the dorm manager. Yeah, and she's she is a, definitely a reoccurring character. She's the adult voice in, in the season, show. Season one, I read. Yeah, she leaves after season one. Yeah, <laughs> lots of things. But yeah, yeah. But I just wanted to like give her a shout out. Sure. She's an important figure. Yeah. Um, so the first episode really is uh, Denise moves into her new room, meets Jaleesa, puts her foot in her mouth, is really embarrassed. Several times. And tries to get a room change. Yeah, she does try to get a room change. That's like the first thing that happens. She She's already embarrassed and she's like, yeah, I don't want to live with Jaleesa because I'm... Embarrassed? You would have done the same thing. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Like, I feel like this next scene is something I probably wouldn't have done either. I want to change roommates. Uh, well, I guess this is no time to be a Martian. <laughs> I know this probably sounds like I'm overreacting, but you know, my dad always says, um, if you feel strongly about something, then just to follow your instinct. After one day. Well, he also says not to procrastinate. <laughs> Your father is very talkative. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> yep, so uh, old Denise is given an ultimatum. It's either stay with Jalisa or, or move in, in with, with Whitley. Yep. And she goes back to the room and, I don't know if you got the clip, and talks to Jalisa. Yeah, I don't have the clip. Yeah, and she's just like, I think we can make this work out. It's perfectly fine. However she says it, Jalisa's like, you went and talked to the dorm leader about changing rooms, didn't you? And then she's like, I knew it. My first, my first like, um, impression of you was right. What was your first imperative? That you're a spoiled brat? And, <laughs> like, she, and she is. And she is. And then, then um, Denise is like, <gasps> how dare you? Well, I do have another choice. And then she like goes to win. Yeah. I have another clip here with her and the dorm director right before she decides to go live with Whitley. Um, just because I feel like it's, it's a, it, it, it shook me a little bit. Given the time period. Since it's college, this is not computer dating. There are no perfect matches. I know, but this is really, really a bad match. I just don't think that we are meant to be together. Okay. I do have a solution for you. Oh, great. What? Whitley. Whitley Gilbert? (laughs) Everybody knows. But no, she's. Whitley Gilbert? She goes, this is not computer dating. There are no perfect matches. And I was like, computer dating in 1987? What? Uh, So I looked up the history of computer dating. Apparently, computer dating was a thing in the 50s. They would, like, and I assume it was, like, only thing for, like, like college, like, research institutes and stuff like that, you mm -hmm. know? It was, like, a very select thing, you know? It's like you had to know a guy who knew a guy in order to get into the computer dating circuit or whatever basically what they would do is people would fill out questionnaires Mm -hmm. like yes or no answers you know sort of like match.com right right you answer they slip the the scantrons into the (laughs) like the the giant ibms yeah the big computers and the computer would match up the the entrance together based on like criteria Uh so it literally was a giant computer was matching people based on algorithms and stuff. Wow. And I, and so apparently that was like the earliest computer dating. And by the 80s, like you can go to a warehouse. I don't know, not a warehouse. Oh, but, man. You know, you can go to a facility yeah, yeah, yeah. with another group of single people, fill out questionnaires, slip them into the computer, and it would match you with people, you oh. know. And I, I don't know, like, I, the internet was, I think, a thing, but not a thing. Yeah. 
So yeah, I don't think yeah. people were doing it over the internet. But yeah, computer dating was like, yeah, people did it. Yep. There is no perfect ma- And I guess Sing- that makes more sense, like perfect match. Like if it's Scantrons, yeah. you will find someone that Sing- lines Single up. yuppies had access to computer dating. <laughs> Something I learned by watching A Different World. So anyway, the next thing uh, she does is she moves in with Whitley. I don't have yeah. I don't have any clips of her with Whitley, but you want to <laughs> describe what what oh kind of human gosh. being is Whitley? Whitley is a Southern Belle. She's a she's, weirdo. She's a weird. She's a weirdo. She's a weirdo. She like walks into the room and like hands her stuff. Like she went shopping, hands her stuff to Denise and is like, here you go. Like she's her maid or something and then goes in and then she's asking, right? Like she's like, what does your family do? They're a doctor or something. Yeah. My dad. Yeah. My mom's a lawyer. My dad is like, uh, OBGYN. Yeah. An OBGYN. And he's like, okay, whatever. And then she like leaves, like they have like some awkward talk, not awkward on Whitley's side. Um, but she's just kind of like very, Dismissive? Dismissive, but particular. And it's, like, to her needs and specificities, and she's not, com- like, she does not bend. She does not compromise. It's, like, you're in my space, not our space. Right. And when she leaves, and before she leaves, because there's a phone in her room, she, like, twists a lock on it so that Denise can't make any calls off of it. <laughs> oh, like, she's just, like, ah, it's for personal use. And, like, she's like, has weird rules. No eating cheese in the room. At all. And she like, I don't know if you have the like things, but like when she sleeps, she has to have a light on and has a like a uh, boom box that plays cricket sounds. Yeah, she has, she has like ambience that has to play when she's sleeping, which is like, like what she listens on the bayou, I guess. I don't know. Like, yeah. Like, old, like crickets and, and, and grasshoppers at night. And Denise wakes up because she can't sleep and she turns the boom box off and Whitley immediately wakes up because Denise. Denise. <laughs> And uh, uh, Whitley is also a, a, a man stealer. <laughs> she steals men. She steals men. Like I have a clip here. So uh, they they go to the social, mm-hmm. and um, and wh- Denise goes be- to the social because she wants to have a conversation with Whitley about like boundaries right. and have like a, a mature talk about sharing a room. Right, but Whitley is more interested in the boys. The, the boy sitting a table across. Denise, look at that table over there. Whitley, I'm trying to talk to you. The one in the baggy chinos can't take his eyes off me. I think he's looking at me. Never mind. He's coming over. Oh, my hair is a mess and I just feel sick. Hi, I'm Chip. Chip St. Charles. Hi, Chip. I'm Whitley. Whitley Gilbert. <laughs> and it's clear that Chip is trying to talk to Denise. Oh, yeah. oh Denise. That's a lovely name. Thank you. Uh, Denise, uh, would you like to dance? Oh, thanks, Chip. I'd love to. And they they go up and dance, and Denise, no, sorry, Whitley. I, I think within like fifteen seconds, she's already cut in. Yeah, and like stealing. Uh, we have a, a a second appearance. It might be a third appearance of uh Dwayne Wayne, and he's like cozying up to Whitley, and like, hey, how are you? And she, Whitley's like, let's dance. And she's like, oh, okay, because he's finally like hitting it off with someone. And she just like dances by them and then cuts in. Yeah, and steals. And basically like Dwayne Wayne is trying to dance with Whitley, but she wants nothing to do with him. So it's like, you know, uh, Denise and Dwayne Wayne are left high and dry because Whitley has stolen Denise's man. (laughs) I I think I have that clip here. I need a man here. (laughs) Well, I guess uh, I could do it. Oh, that's right. So Fix her car. <laughs> yeah, Whitley comes up and says, oh, my car is my broke. My convertible. 
I can't get my convertible's top on. I need a man to fix it. And so Chip is like, yeah, I'll do it. I'm a man. Could you, Chip? I'm just afraid I might catch a chill in the night air, and I wouldn't want to give anything to my new roomie. Oh, I think you're giving it to me pretty good. <laughs> my car's just around the corner. <gasps> Your arm is just one big muscle. <laughs> Your arm is one big muscle? The woman left me standing here on the dance floor alone. Whatever happened to chivalry? <laughs> Whatever happened to chivalry? Uh, so that that's where that's like the end of the second act. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Denise decides she cannot live with Whitley, but she also can't return to her her old roommate. So yeah. she needs to sleep on the couch in the common room. Yeah, which gross. <laughs> yeah, like how how many years has that couch been there? Yeah, what, is it, <laughs> what does it smell like? Ugh. I'm sure they take the the dorm leader takes gets it like. Uh, not reupholsters, but like fumed. They don't have. Between... Fe- they didn't have Febreze back then. <laughs> I'm sure it smells like cigarettes. Oh dear. Yes, but anyway, so she sleeps on the couch in the common rooms, and then Jalisa just so happens to be walking by uh, to at- put something in the mailbox downstairs, yeah, or, something or something like that. And she she goes like, Huxtable, what are you doing? And so uh, Denise explains to her that she can't handle it anymore. But we're doing fine, just fine, really. I mean, so what if the girl only uses a bar of soap once? That's a way to live. Or doesn't eat cheese. Or allow anyone else to eat cheese in the room. (laughs) So what if this girl has got to fall asleep to the sound of crickets? I mean, she's entitled, right? She doesn't let you eat cheese? Hey, there are plenty of places on this campus where I can eat cheese, okay? Fine, good. I'm gonna go to bed. Fine. Um, before you go, can you just do me one little favor? What? Take me with you! Uh, listen, the girl's nuts. She's driving me nuts. She locks the phone. She steals men. Denise, please. <laughs> I love that. That's my favorite line right in the whole show. she's listening to a recording of bugs. Denise. She doesn't eat cheese. She won't let me eat pizza in bed. It's un-American. Please, let me go. Like, that, that's some great <laughs> acting by, by Miss Bonet right there. <laughs> she steals men. <laughs> Uh, Every time I cut, like had to listen to that clip to cut it, I laughed. <laughs> and so you know they they end up reconciling, and yeah. they, they have a, they have a nice uh, sitcommy chat. Mm-hmm. They they have a heart to heart, and while eating pizza in bed. Yeah, oh, I do have that clip, but <laughs> yeah. So they, they Julissa agrees to take her back. Yeah, and now they're roommates, and they can eat cheat, they can eat pizza in bed. This is the best pizza I've had in a long time. Oh, you are not kidding. Such a simple idea. A little dough, a little sauce. What did you say about these characters at this point? (laughs) I don't remember. Eat it in a bed. Elegant in its simplicity. Jalisa, I am a little surprised to see you eating in a bed. I thought you were so neat. Well, you know, pizza brings out the contradictions in me. We were watching the scene and you were just like, they're high. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they sound so high. (laughs) They're just like, they're just... just... Enjoy, uh, enjoying some munching pizza, dough, cheese. They're munching on the cheese pizza, you know, just hanging out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's where the the, the the episode ends, and yeah, and that that sets in motion the rest of the season. Yeah, it's a good it's a good pilot. Yeah, I, I mean that's the thing. Like I, I I had never seen the show, and I was like, no, that, that was great. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, a nice little sitcom. 
And I, I assume Marissa Tomei moves in the next episode? Uh, I believe it's the next episode. Maybe episode three, but I'm pretty sure it's the next episode. You you are going to meet a couple more characters. Yeah. Pretty soon. Which I also think is pre- like a natural progression of like what it feels like to be in college, right? Like... You don't get everybody in the first episode. Like, you know, your dorm mate and maybe somebody else, a couple other people. But like slowly, like the people in the other rooms, like stop being extras in your life. You weren't dorming. But like nope. for me in my real life, um, when I was dorming, it was my roommate who was my cousin. And um, the people in the room to the left of us and right across from us. Those were the only people and everyone else were extras. And then as like the week went on, I knew somebody down the the hall who's still my best friend to today. Mm-hmm. And then the people on the right side of us. And then by the end of the year, there were only like three people in my dorm who I didn't know by name and what their major was and have conversations with them. And that's probably because they like never stayed there and like left to go hang out with their boyfriends or whatever. So I I think like it's super realistic, like the cast of characters like builds from here. Mm -hmm. And it is very much just because like your world is very small. There's a lot of new people. So you're going to like slowly build into it. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, So this is normally the part in the show where we discuss the legacy of a different world or where it went from here. Mm-hmm. You know, like TV shows, it's like, with DuckTales, it's kind of like hard to say where the show went from there because it's just kind of like a bunch of episodic adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, every show is just a different thing. Yeah. You, you have the core group of characters and they just go on a different adventure every every week. Different world more or less has a, a, a story arc, right? Yeah. A beginning and an end. But the production for A Different World was so crazy that I needed to kind of lay out a few things. Later. Before we get there. Okay, so the first season of A Different World a different world was quite the challenge for the writers. Uh, Susan Fails Hill, who Whitley is based on, mm-hmm. said, quote, We tried to follow the Cosby model. Pretend it's timeless. Make no reference to current events. Make no references to race. And we were under orders from NBC to stay away from anything academic. They felt that that was alienating. So we had a show about a black college that wasn't about college and couldn't be black. And I was like, yeah, that sounds rough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I find this interesting because I know what it did become. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is, ooh. Yeah. So, at at the end of, like, after the first season aired, it came to Cosby's and the producer's attention that the series was not accurately portraying historically black college life. Mm-hmm. Or life on campus in general. Yeah. Really. But, I mean, you, you you were able to identify a few things that felt yeah, real yeah. to life. So, I, I guess other, like, critics felt yeah. that. I mean, like, put- as a first episode and like maybe the first couple of episodes that like rings true but you know it wasn't college enough it wasn't called like yeah like it's getting to know the characters for like three or four episodes but after that after that point right like it needs to be more it can't be like freaking riverdale where like the first season is crazy but at least the kids are in high school and now by season three it's like do you guys go to school (laughs) you're 12 like why are you running businesses (laughs) so i mean like i don't know how fair this is but a lot of the blame was aimed at Ann Beats oh that's yeah true. Jasmine Guy who played Whitley went as far as to say that the first season didn't work because Ann and the writers were trying to make a quote square pegs junior hmm so I guess Ann Beats was like people felt that she was just trying to remake the same high school show that she would she had already made mm-hmm. and that maybe like the college show they were making was a little too much high school like, it makes okay, sense okay, for yeah. Denise to be childish and immature on certain things. But at a certain point, it's like you can't start – you can't 
you can no longer like do the high school drama stuff. Yeah. You have to be a little bit more adult. Yeah, and I could also like give you high school stuff if it's just freshman year because you are still a high school student. Yeah, but they're not. They're sophomores. Through. They're sophomores, so it's different. Yeah. Needs to be different. So Ann Beats was booted. Bye, Ann. And they brought in a woman named Debbie Allen, who was a alu- who was an alumni of Howard University and was hired. Oh, Black College. Yep. So she was hired as the chief creative force to revamp the show in the second season. So Debbie Allen is the person that everybody credits for making the show what it was. Okay. So from the second season onward, they she was the good duck artist. Yeah. More or less, like she made the show more true to life, living in a historical black college mm-hmm. because she had she could draw from her own experiences. She made the the show more current, yeah, more top like you know topical, topical yeah, uh, more adult and like mature, yeah. And would you agree? Because I mean, I want to hear like yeah. where where did the show go from here? Yeah, based on what you know, a hundred percent, right? Like even with you saying like because it like runs together to me. I like don't I can't even accurately tell you how many seasons there were, and I know you just said it. Like so, it runs together for me. And thinking like yeah, it's like a little shallow, and then it gets better, which is why I like more um, prominently hear the season two. Mm-hmm. Um, theme because that's what i would watch more of not that i didn't watch this season but those are like where even i got reruns and stuff um and there's like so many and i I feel like this was uh especially seeing seeing as you're saying like cosby like was trying to be timeless and not talk about race and da 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 and i feel like it did like later down the road but like there are things where they like i remember a specific episode it was so good that it was Dwayne and his friend whose name I can't think of right now. And they had to like do a report uh, and they were talking about I almost said Black Lives Matter movement and they weren't. But they were talking about the civil rights movement. And one of them was like, yeah, no, like King and prefold protests and something was happening. And the other one was like, no, Malcolm X had it right. Like we need to fight. We need to blah, blah, blah. Like and and this was the first time, like, because I just don't you you don't learn about some of these things in schools about how Malcolm X and uh, Dr. Martin Luther King met once and no one else was in the room where it happened and nobody knew yeah. what that conversation was. And and them, like, as a project for their class, um, their civics class or whatever it was that they were taking, had to, like, they role-played what they thought it would be. And because you watch this whole episode where they're on extreme ends of the subject, you see them building up to this thing and and getting to either peace or conflict between them. Mm -hmm. And they're friends, and they're fighting for the same cause. And there's things like that that stick out in my mind. That's cool. That, like, yeah, like, that I'm like, yeah, we're gonna stop watching that other show. That's my show. (laughs) And we're gonna start watching this one all the way through. Because it's so good. There's different things like that. And, like, they talk about relationships and like as much as I know that I kept saying every time I see Dwayne and uh, Whitley together, I'll be like, they're like, oh, gosh, it's like, you're going to marry her one day. It's fine. Yeah. And you're like, what? And I was like, I know we don't know. How, like season three, they gonna be married. Like maybe it's season four. I don't remember. And like what that looked like, because even as you can hear from the quick, the clips, they are very, they were raised very differently. Like Whitley is a Southern belle who has rich parents and was brought like, um, Denise says it at one point, not in the way she's like, she's privileged. Like, and she was saying it like, she's privileged into like, she doesn't have to eat cheese in her room, but like, she's privileged Mm -hmm. in as much as a a black woman could be. And Dwayne is from the hood. He's from the projects. He's, he's scraped his way up and he gets to be at college, but he's like one of the first people in his family. If I remember correctly, it's been a while, you know, and like, 
that causes a lot like and for them to get to a place and then even when you see them married you see like conflict and you see like how these things you know like so it's so good there's just so much it's just again so facet faceted yeah. and all the characters are like that even when Denise yeah, drops okay. out of college. Okay, so I'm glad <laughs> you, you mentioned that. Me yep, that. here we go. Okay, so she's talking about, like, oh, where the show goes from there. She was talking about Whitley. She was talking about Dwayne Wayne. She did not mention Denise really all that much in those later seasons. That's because um, during the summer of 1988, Lisa Bonet announced that she and her husband, Lenny Kravitz, of I Want to Fly Away fame, <laughs> he wants to fly away. He wants to fly. Away. <laughs> they I were having a baby. Milky Way. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want a Milky Way. <laughs> yeah, everyone go look up Neil Ciciarica's uh, Fly Away cover. It's so good. The mashup. Anyway, yeah, Lisa Bonet, she's pregnant. Uh, this is before the second season airs, airs or, or finished, really. It was still in pre production, I assume. Oh, right, right. So she's pregnant. Debbie Allen, uh, who was who had been hired by this point, she's the chief writer. She was like, Yeah, man, I'm down having a young pregnant student in the show. You yeah. Know? Um, but Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby was a no. Yeah, Bill Cosby, uh, the tyrant that he was, the controller of women that he was, uh, said, "No way." Yeah, he, he Denise said, Huxtable. He, yeah, he said, "Quote: Lisa Monet may be pregnant, but not Denise Huxtable." Yeah, um, and it was like I, I was reading. A few people were like, "Well, we, she didn't even have a boyfriend, so it would have been a little weird." But is it true that they hid Lisa Bonet's pregnancy on the Cosby Show? Um, like she had to hide behind. No, no, no. It wasn't or, uh, Lisa Bonet. It was uh, Claire Huxtable. It was uh, the um, woman who played his wife. She had. She was pregnant during one of the seasons. I think she was pregnant twice. And they just rose all of the counters and, and had like shopping bags, like yeah. hiding her pregnant belly. Yep. But, yeah. So anyway, the way they wrote it was Denise Huxtable was written out of the show. She dropped out of college, went back to the Cosby Show, became another, became a cast member on the Cosby Show once again. Yeah. And. Whitley was made the main character of a different world from that point forward. Yeah, but character growth. Yeah, it it, it was so it was funny because we were watching this and then I was like, "Wait, did she?" Because I after we watch these shows, I always go and read about it because I think it's interesting. And Mm -hmm. I said, "Whitley's the main character." (laughs) Like Whitley. And it's because like Whitley seems so like limited as a character, but I guess you know that it, she starts out as a flawed character, and you have to make her yeah. better. So College is about bettering yourself. Bettering yourself. Yeah, I get it. So it's it's, it's just interesting. Mm. A few other people left in season two as well. Marissa Tomei left the show. Mm. I don't think for any particular reason. It was just like not working. Yeah. So Marissa Tomei completely gone. Jalisa was still there. Jalisa was still there. Sinbad came in. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, and it, it just, like, the cast just became more, like, lively, I guess. Yeah. Um, we didn't have to, like, stay within Cosby. Well, I mean, like, Cosby was still, like, on it, but, like, Huxtables couldn't be involved in some of the things. And now we could, like, spread our wings because there was not no Sully to the Huxtable name. Right, exactly. Okay, so um, I, let me talk a little bit about the reception of the show mm-hmm. from, like, the reception of season one versus the reception of season two onward, mm-hmm. right? Because it... It's like the tale of two shows, really. <laughs> so, reviews of the first season were scathing. It was called, quote, bland and unfunny, mm. quote, awful, quote, calamitous, calamitously drab, and quote, a big yawn. Aww. Yeah. I used to think we only watched, I've only watched one episode of season one, so I mean, it was a little by the numbers sitcom, mm-hmm. but I mean, it was, I thought it was That's still That's why funny. I got it started. Yeah. <laughs> it start. But yeah, like, apparently the first season, like, was a drag. Mm-hmm. Um... As the Hollywood Reporter put it, 
when Debbie Allen became the producer and, a, and the usual director for A Different World after the first season, she transformed it from being, quote, a bland Cosby spinoff into a lively, socially responsible ensemble situation comedy with many praising the fact that the show addressed current social issues such as interracial dating, yep. the HIV uh, AIDS epidemic, and the Los Angeles race riots. Just yeah. to name a few. I was like, it, it was such a good show. So I like really the the socially responsible that yes, hundred percent. And then I thought this was interesting as well. Um, well, one this goes without saying, but the show was consistently ranked first or second among African American viewers. Mm-hmm. And then, like the even the first season, it was number two in the Nielsen's rankings because it followed the Cosby Show. Cosby was mm-hmm. number one. Different World got number two ratings, and I think the only reason the show wasn't canceled after the first season was because its ratings were so good. Yeah. Um, so at least that... Thank the, goodness. Yeah, so that's a, <laughs> that's a good thing. Um, <clears throat> and then a lot of African-American youth who watched the show often cite it as the defining reason why many of them decided to attend a historically black college or university. Yeah. So, good job. Representation. Yeah. It's so important! Yeah. Uh, Different World ran for six seasons, ending its run in 1993. Um, the Cosby Show ended a year earlier. And here's something I don't know how you'll feel about this, but in 2012, producer Debbie Allen tweeted that she wants to reboot A Different World. I, I feel good about it. Here's the thing. Other shows are currently trying to do it. Like, Grownish is trying to do that. Like, not it's not it A just Different ended. World. Grownish just ended? I don't know. Did it? I don't know. I don't watch it. Okay, you're like it made you made it seem like they wanted to reboot Grownish. No, no, but I'm no, I'm saying not. Sorry, not reboot Grownish, but like the Grownish is doing the same things that the it, black girl in college okay. kind of thing, and not like I just think like I think it would be so interesting now. Yeah, I don't. Oh. So maybe like Gronish kind of filled that void because that she she said that in 2012 and Gronish what came out in like 2015 16 or something. Yeah, oh yeah. I don't know. I know Blackish came out in like 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Gronish was is their oldest child going yeah. to or so, second. Yeah, so maybe know. like uh, Gronish if you want to show like a different world for today's audiences like what Gronish is probably the closest I thing. I have not seen a single episode, but premise wise maybe it sounds like it's like they're in line and I'm like yeah, I would like I wonder, I like the. I feel like, well, nothing's recording anything right now because we're in a pandemic. But I, and I know that's more comedy than anything else. But like, I wonder how they that would handle like the social situation that we're in right now. You yeah. Know? Um. So, I I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that like as long as there aren't a lot of people who are like, oh, this isn't what I grew up with and what I remember. And it's like, that's fine. It's something new. Like the generation has changed. So our language has changed. Like some of the stuff that they say in there, I'm, you, it like, you computer computer dating. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, that's so weird and old, you know? Whereas if they did today, it's just like, this isn't tender. And that's, it's the, that's the equivalent. But somebody's going to be like, oh, why are they talking about that? Oh, hookup culture. Oh, and I'm like, that's, if we're going to betray what it is like to be a, college going student in 2020 this is what it is you know so i think that it would be an interesting concept um and i would totally try to watch it uh of most of the remakes that are popping up right now i'm thinking like sabrina and charmed oh gosh witches and um things like that i'm like oh okay hmm it'd be fun and interesting yeah well that really brings us to the end of the show would you recommend a different world i would i would also recommend it. i love a different world I will, yeah. I, okay, unpopular opinion. Uh-huh. Well, maybe. I don't know. Like, as much, I, I will say, like, as much as, like, 
everything that we know about Bill Cosby and his past and different things uh, is not good and is terrible. The Cosby Show will always have like a very special place in my heart. Like I, I hate that the cast members that were on there felt how they felt and were treated how they were treated and had to keep silent for so many years. And I, I wish that wasn't like something that they associated with this and I'm not going to like belittle it, mm-hmm. but it was such a good show. Like even now I'll go back and I'll watch some episodes and I will laugh without ceasing because I think like the timeless nature of it and stuff like those you. Those jokes still make sense to me as a black woman and now makes sense to me in a different way because I'm older than the child that laughed at it for a different reason, yeah. you know? And so I feel like the same with, with a different world, even though like it dates itself, but it does stuff that like the stuff that it dates itself is stuff that like is reoccurring, right? Nothing new under the sun, stuff that you can still relate to today, yeah. things you can still see in character, in the characters of people around you. So I, I just feel like, um, Watch it. Like, I just feel like watching. Yeah, Even it's, we it's, talking- on, it's on Amazon Prime right now. Yeah. Give it, give it a watch. Wait, did we watch on Amazon Prime? Sure did. I was like, was it Hulu? Yeah, do it. Like, if you have Prime, watch it. If you don't have Prime, I'm not saying borrow somebody's login. <laughs> I, I didn't ask you before. Would you recommend DuckTales? Oh, woo Oh, I think, yeah. I'm like, I, I think it's more yes. of a novelty now. Yeah. It's a, like, it's a curiosity. I, I would recommend the reboot. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely recommend the reboot of DuckTales over the original DuckTales at this point in mm-hmm. time. Uh, it's just too, it's just too old. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's all on Disney Plus. So it's like, you know, put on the first episode, listen to the theme song, enjoy it. Uh, don't feel yeah. obligated to watch anymore. But yeah, yeah. No, it's a great show. Yeah, it's, it's a great part of your memory. It makes so much sense. It's yeah. the things that built you up. <laughs> it, it, sent, it, it, it set the stage for a lot of great things to come. Yeah. I, I think it's easy to say who won the year? Who won 87 TV? Wife. Justin. Yes! Um, and that, that means that we can tally up 1987 as a whole. <laughs> who, who won 87? All right. Um... Okay, so this is the first time that I'm not winning the whole thing. So I won, technically me, I won 87 TV with A Different World. Uh I won 87 Music with Michael Jackson. Only because I gave it a draw. You gave it a draw, but then when I was like, yeah, but recommend wise. I I understand your reasoning. And I also understand like why your your album is good. But- you won eighty seven music or TV. Yeah, so, so. You won eighty seven movies yeah. with um, brave, brave little, little toasty. toasty. Brave little toasty, old slothead. <laughs> <laughs> um, it it wasn't a clean sweep. Yeah. Just won nineteen eighty six with a clean sweep. I at least got one. You got one. One in. little victory. Yeah. So um, not a clean. Yeah. Not a clean, a dirty win. <laughs> Either way, 87 was a pretty good year. Mo- yeah. Movies are all right, but no. no. Yeah. M- music and TV, good year. Um, it was. Got runners up? Uh, I do. So we each have one runner up. Like, we have the same yeah. runner up. Yeah. Full house. <laughs> Everywhere you look. Everywhere you book. Yeah. There's a heart. I'm like. You need to hold on to. Yeah, man. Terrifying. Both neither of us watched a whole lot of '80s TV. Like, yeah, just like so, it's like we watched the things that kind of carried on, and so like I didn't watch a lot of Full House really, but my little sister did. Um, she loved Full House, and she used to watch it when it was on like ABC Family. Yeah, she definitely and, watches and, Fuller House yeah, now, Nick at Night, and all that. So it's like I, I I'm aware of Full yeah. House. I'm not 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure it would have been, no. It yeah, would have been, been whatever. whatever. Of, of the sitcoms, I'm yeah. glad that we watched the one we did. <laughs> you, you got it, dude. <laughs> you cut it out. Okay. That's the thing Uncle Joey says? I don't Joey? know. Joey? Is that a friend's thing? No, Uncle Joey's a guy. Okay. It's John, John Stamos. <laughs> okay. Wait, there's not Uncle Joey. It's the blonde one. Uncle Jimmy. I don't know. Uh, yep, Uncle- that was our runner-up, guys. <laughs> Danny Tanner. Um, yeah, so that that's all she wrote. We got plugs? Uh, yeah. If you would like to uh, find me in the um, artistic stuff that I am credited in, <laughs> because I'm the only one making it, I have a YouTube where I put up stories. Uh, recently, I made an animation that's not very good it's not i shouldn't call it animation um but you can check out my youtube uh taming tales on youtube where i tell stories to very simple video yeah and uh if you want to see my stuff uh if you like video games i write for a website called zeldadungeon.net we write about the legend of zelda so if you like the legend of zelda check us out we have daily features we have editorials we have news and and fun stuff um also i have a wrestling show on youtube called keep kayfabe that's k-a-y-f-a-b-e we follow the careers and characters of our favorite wrestlers and right now we're looking at the career of eddie guerrero so if that interests you check us out also if you like media made the show you can follow us at media made show on twitter uh we'll tweet the episodes uh that that's probably the best way to get a hold of us if you want to give us feedback and stuff like that yeah uh do us a favor leave us a review on itunes uh or whatever you're using on your podcast machine <laughs> um, your podcast machine yeah anyway, your yeah, just computer tell, dating podcast machine yeah 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 check out computer dating uh, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure it works these days um, that that's really it thank you yeah. for listening tell a friend uh, hit the subscribe button yeah the scribble button smash uh, smash that like button um, uh, yeah we'll catch you next year in 88 where we will be talking about movies sneak peek I'll feel fine about it Rodney will not be happy. Nope. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I'm going to close out with the season six version of the Different World theme song, hey. which is not Aretha Franklin. It's Boys to Men. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, so it's, Jam. The, it, it's back, you know, they were in the 90s, and we're going we're gonna to close out with it. So with that said, thank you for listening, and goodbye. Love you, kids. Yeah.